Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Take it in the guts, Barry. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel on your community radio station, 3CR. And today we're going to Screams on Screen. And we've got the uh, person who's the motivating force behind it from RMIT, Dr. Jessica, say your surname. (laughs) Balanza Tiggy. Balanza It's Mm -hmm. a great name. You must have had great fun. Um, uh, as whenever you have to fill in a form. Oh, yes. I can remember learning to spell that name very well back in preschool and grade one. <laughs> Used to it now, obviously. But yes, it was a good spelling lesson at the beginning of my life. Um, the uh, screams, screams on Screen is going to be this fantastic affair that's going to be at the Capital Cinema. If people haven't been to the Capital Cinema, this is will be a good time to go. A treat. It's in... Uh, just across the road from the Melbourne City uh, you know, Council buildings, you know, the uh, in on Swanston Street. It's a town hall, the town hall. It's a lovely, lovely cinema. You're very lucky to be uh, doing it there. Yes, the capital is amazing. One of my favourite cinemas in the world, I think. I haven't seen as, um, as many cinemas around the world as I would like to have, but I've seen a fair few, given this is kind of one of my main interests. And, and the capital is definitely... Uh, One of my absolute favourites is beautiful. This amazing um, crystalline ceiling, which has recently been rejuvenated uh, by RMIT, uh, designed by uh, Walter Burley and Marion Mahoney-Griffin. So it's a pretty spectacular picture palace. You've got to take any excuse to go to the capital, is my motto. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. And uh, since uh, RMIT has taken it on board as part of its, um, uh, I suppose, its venues... Uh, we've been getting the benefit of a culturally uh, inspired series of uh, events, and this is part of it. Screens, uh, screams on screen, which is a great title. Thank now, you. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is going to be on uh, Friday and Saturday. This is February the sixteenth and seventeenth, and it is uh, all around. Um, uh, the fear and loathing that is uh, uh, that people feel, but uh, the attraction as well that mm. people feel for horror. Yes, so I'm a horror film scholar, so I am have long been very attracted to scholar uh, to horror, both in my personal and professional life. So this screening series kind of celebrates 
the horror but also the pleasure in how horror films kind of uh, empower marginalised subjectivities uh, and the, I guess, subversive cultural um, power, I suppose, and critical force of monsters and these kind of monstrous emotions that drive horror movies. So it's in association with an amazing exhibition that's on at the Australian Centre of Contemporary Art at the moment, From the Other Side, which is focused around horror as well, um, and particularly women's and marginalised perspectives to um, horrific and horror-fueled kind of content, um, which is being curated by um, Elise Goldfinch and Jessica Clark, who have also co-programmed this screening series with me. So we're combining art and horror in um, kind of creative ways through this screaming, scre- screaming series, I should say. That's my new phrase for it, screaming series, uh, that aligns with those key themes in Acker's exhibition as well. Yeah, and before we go any further in this discussion, I should let people know that... Uh Listeners today have got the opportunity to get a double pass, one double pass. Uh, so if you want to give us a call on 94198377, you could be the lucky winners. But anyway, you might want to wait till the end of the conversation, but I just would like you to know that there is an opportunity uh, for a double pass. Now, um, the, one of the things I was reading up about all this stuff and I thought, oh, yeah, horror, horror, you know, interesting, interesting, of course, always interesting. But it's more than interesting, actually, <laughs> because uh, in uh, what you've done is you've not just uh, amalgamated uh, art and film, uh, you've also amalgamated uh, music as well. So this is a whole event and you've unearthed a whole series in the first... Uh, on the Friday, you've got a feature, but you've also got uh, a series of um, unusual uh, shorts. Mm-hmm. Which um, and when I was looking at the uh, names of the shorts, this was uh, the first one, which is um, uh, "Leave." Is a really fascinating. Uh, I have to read it because it's really fascinating. The stumbling woman made famous in films. TV shows such as Fatal Attraction, Fleabag, Killing Eve and Single Drunk Female appears as a part human and part puppet character trying to piece together the night before. Leave explores the erotics of the relationship between puppeteer and puppet, showing the way the puppeteer supports and manipulates the puppet to ask questions about agency and intoxication within the body horror genre. I mean, that's just so fascinating. Yeah, isn't that an amazing synopsis? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've got, we're starting on the Friday, well, actually, we're starting on the Friday with a live uh, theremin performance by Roman Tucker. So uh, I'd love to see that. Yes, very excited about that. The theremin is a spooky, weird, underused instrument in live performance. So if you don't know much about theremin, come along and you'll see what I mean by that because watching a theremin be played is a spooky experience in itself that doesn't seem to make physical sense yeah, <laughs> when you yeah, see yeah. it in front of you. But, yes, yeah, so uh, we've got um, this series of experimental art horror shorts that kind of starts the film program on Friday and Leave, which is created by two uh, amazing artists, Liang Luscombe, who's also going to be appearing in conversation on Friday night as part of a panel, and Cara Benedetto. It has combines puppetry and live action in these kind of darkly comedic but very unsettling ways, which is a theme that runs across which is what a lot of the is. films. Yes, absolutely. And so we have um, also a kind of stop-motion animated film called Butterflies made by Isabel Papard, who will also be on the conversation panel that night. And even some 
of David Lynch's earliest surreal art horror shorts, which have an element of um, kind of puppetry and and sculpture to them as well. So we'll we'll have Isabel Peppard's amazing monstrous sculptures on display throughout the cinema as well in the foyer space. So this combination of kind of puppetry and live action to convey body horror is one element of the unsettling a curse that runs through this this screening series. Well, it's funny because one of the David Lynch ones is Six Men Getting Sick, um, which reminds me of, uh, what is it, Martin Scorsese's, one of Martin Scorsese's very first shorts is him shaving yes, and cutting. The hair, the haircut, it's called or something <laughs> like that, yes. Which is obviously something in 1966 that really floated their boats. Mm, yes, a bit of a trend, absolutely, you've picked up on there. Uh, I, and uh, Six Men Getting Sick, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that on the massive Capitol screen and hearing that through the, <laughs> the, the, the huge audio in the Capitol. Uh, and being relieved that it's a short. Yes. <laughs> and so breathing a sigh of relief when it's over, but I think it's that's – when, when looking at these monstrous emotions and reactions to horror, we'll also be testing the audience a little bit uh, to see how they respond physically, emotionally to – Films that are uh, unconventional when it comes to narrative structure, definitely David Lynch's shorts are an example of this. But on Saturday as well, we ha- we're starting the program with a couple of shorts. And even our feature film on Friday, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, it's known as the first um, Iranian vampire Western. It's also a dark comedy with horror that. elements. Yeah, what so, a fantastic idea. So, so a lot of generic play going on there. But um, on Saturday night we have the, a celebration of the one of my favourite films of all time, The Babadook, which is a 10th anniversary screening. I cannot believe The Babadook, Jennifer Kent's uh, creepy uh, Adelaide-set bogeyman film, is 10 years old, but it is in 2024. Uh, and a very underseen Australian horror classic called Celia that was released in 1989 and a conversation with the director Ann Turner. So uh, a lot of these films, I guess, push boundaries, genre boundaries, and exist in that liminal kind of art horror space on some level that we're exploring through this program. Well, the um, the first uh, Friday, the Friday, it's called um, Screams on Screen, The Dark Desire, and Screams on Screen on Saturday the dark domestic. Mm-hmm. That's what you're really uh, looking at. And and one of the things that's fascinating, of course, is that there's a, a strong presence of female filmmaking. Absolutely. Uh, and that also is reflected in Acker's exhibition from the other side, which is a, a, a woman-centred show. And women have been big forces in the horror genre for, for many years as well, but not recognized enough I suppose but we've seen um, in the 21st century and particularly in the last decade we've seen uh, women's voices in the horror genre be uh, elevated more I suppose some more opportunities be created Uh, so it's exciting to also combine some of these feature films that are well recognized and critically acclaimed by this point with work of emerging artists as well many of whom are women in this kind of art horror space. You're on uh, Showreel with Annie and uh, we're talking to Jess who's uh, one of the um, main uh, drivers behind a program that's on on February the 16th and the 17th. It's going to be at the Capitol. It screams on screen. It's part of RMIT's cultural uh, series that's being shown at the Capitol, using Capitol as its base. It's also in... um, uh, collaboration with the Australian Centre for Contemporary Art that has this fantastic uh, uh, exhibition going on at the other 
uh, from the other side at the moment. It runs until the 3rd of March. Now, just to remind you, we've got a double pass for one of the nights, Friday, Saturday. You can give us a call on 94198377. Leave us your name and your email and you'll get an electronic ticket and you'll be able to go to these one of these events, which is um, going to be a... Uh, Art extravaganza. We'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. The 11th annual Setting Sun International Film Festival is calling for entries for its 2024 festival. Enter your short film or feature and help celebrate the occasion. There are loads of great prices, including $1,000 for best film. For your chance to be in the running and see your film screened at the gorgeous Sun Theatre or at Kindred Studios, both in Yarraville, head to settingsun.com.au. Entries close on the 31st of January 2024. Setting Sun is a 3CR supporter. Hi, I'm David Bradbury, activist filmmaker and proud of it. And any time I'm in Melbourne, I love to do an interview with 3CR and uh, bring you folk up to speed with what I'm doing in different parts of the globe or in, in my own, own turf in Australia. It's really important that we have community radio and that you support it and you get out behind 3CR and the events that they promote and to keep you informed against the uh, mainstream media that wants us to keep our eyes shut and to go back to bed. And you're probably aware that it's actually the 1st of February, so the uh, setting sun, they might have a little edge room for you if you're still wanting to put something in for that particular uh, screening on in the West. Fantastic uh, film festival. But at the moment, we're focusing on Screams on Screen, which is going to be at the Capitol February the 16th and 17th, and we've got one of the organisers here. So tell us about the process of uh, putting on something like this, Jess. Well, it's been such a pleasure working with um, Elise and Jessica, the two curators of the exhibition at ACCA. So we've been talking about this for some time, lots of conversations about uh, spookiest films and watching lots of shorts that connect with the themes of the exhibition. So that is my spooky, happy place, I've got to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're lucky at RMIT to have a great team, the RMIT culture team, who um, manage a lot of the events that you were talking about around um, that, that, that kind of combine film, talks, live performance, all sorts of different things in that capital space in, in different ways. So it's, it's, it's exciting to see the, the capital come alive in different ways and have that, that space to experiment with different kind of programming like this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing about that particular uh, cinema is that it's grand. Mm. It is a, a grand experience and the screen is a beautiful screen. Uh, but the fact that you've got Q&A and you're going to actually explore some of these themes and because RMIT is an academic uh, uh, you know, uh, exploring space. Uh, it takes people into something uh, much deeper because uh, being fr frightened out of your wits <laughs> is one thing, but why you're being frightened out of your wits is, mm -hmm. is another, isn't it? Yeah, so that's the question that kind of drives a lot of my research career, I've got to say. That's why I got so interested in horror in the first place because of being a, a 12 or 13-year-old and watching 
some of my favorite horror movies now, but things like the Japanese Ring film as well as its American remake. I remember experiencing that when I was 12 or 13, those two films, and being so traumatized, <laughs> but also fascinated that something that I knew was fictional and was com- entirely contained on the screen and couldn't hurt me um, could affect me emotionally and physically in that way. So I guess this Screams on Screen program explores that as well. How can something that's contained to the screen impact us so profoundly um, in a physical sense a lot of the time as well because I'm sure people will find a lot of these films provoke physical reactions. Uh, So those monstrous emotions that we're interested in aren't just depicted on screen but the audience response to horror um, also revels in those monstrous emotions and there's something about horror that we enjoy obviously. So we, we, we are attracted to these kind of experiences even though on paper, they're supposed to be unpleasant. So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit, I'm sure, across the the weekend. Yeah, but and the thing that's also interesting, it's it's very similar in a funny kind of way to pornography, mm. uh, in the sense that there's tropes, and if people were to be naturalistic in pornography, people would be more shocked. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, and it's the same with uh, horror, um, where people think it's so grotesque that it's hilarious. Except that when you see something like, uh, say, Chainsaw Massacre, Mm -hmm. which is uh, the very first version, not the very first one, Mm. which is actually incredibly freaky. Yes, it is. um, And it's incredibly low production values. Mm. It's got nothing to do with it. Mm, Such a rusty kind of aesthetic, that film. The, the, The rusty, messy kind of aesthetic, which really adds to the horror for sure. That last scene of the girl in the back of the ute kind of laughing hysterically covered in blood while Leatherface is chasing her with the chainsaw. That's another one that constantly uh, kind of pops into my mind. Unexpected moments, so unsettling. The dark comedy in Texas Chainsaw Massacre is also... (laughs) um, uh, Those crossovers. Yes, yeah. And there's dark comedy pulsing through all of the feature films and and the shorts as well, actually, uh, on screens on screen. So that's an interesting thing to consider as well. Why... It's horror and comedy. Why are they such good bedfellows? But yes, totally agree uh, in relation to the links between pornography and horror. Texas Chainsaw Massacre has elements of that, as do so many horror films. But uh, Linda Williams, actually a very famous film scholar, connected those two genres when she was theorising about films that operate as what she called body genres, as in they films that depict bodies in all sorts of disturbing states on screen, but they also really affect our bodies off screen. So absolutely two genres that <laughs> provoke us in similar ways, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite fascinating. The other one that's uh, fascinating about this particular program and your approach, I find, is seeing horror as being uh, a way of unpicking the social mores that place people into uh um, boxes mm. and and unwinding those boxes and mm-hmm. also interrogating why those boxes have been created. Absolutely. That's such a great – I'm so glad you've got that from the description because that's that's definitely one of the key themes and ideas, I think, pulsing through everything that will be going on um, at Screams on Screen. Uh, the Babadook – both the Babadook and Celia on the Saturday night actually – um, are kind of built around those themes. The Babadook, such an amazing film with um, this single mother and her son in an Adelaide terrace house just slowly unravelling and the single mum kind of 
going mad basically from the claustrophobia of her kind of quite contained domestic existence and the expectations that she can't escape from. Uh, so absolutely horror has a very rebellious power to break apart and interrogate those boxes that constrain us. Yeah, and also I, there's a kind of adolescent element to horror in a sense where someone wants to show something grotesque to see the reaction of the staid audience mm. in response. Yes, yeah. And that those kind of emotional and physical responses are then what provokes a bit of critical thinking, I suppose, about why 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 is this scary in the first place? What's so unsettling about what we're seeing? And also why is it unconventional? Mm. And why are we the same group, uh, humans um, separating it themselves in these various ways? It's, it's quite fascinating, actually. It's mm. a very interesting program that you've put together. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love the fact that it's uh, multifaceted in the sense that it's got music as well as uh, art as well as sculpture. This is um, – how are you going to lay out the sculptures? Uh, it's a, a thin, narrow entry, mm. so uh, except that it's got a very grand – uh, approach to the capital with the wonderful stairs. Yes, <laughs> hidden away down that arcade, which is an, the the co- various architectural quirks of the capital will be pushed to their limits, I think, with this event. Uh, but we so in the the foyer space at the capital is actually relatively expansive, and we'll also be making use of the salon area, which usually people don't get to experience when you're at the capital. So that's um, kind of upstairs, which oh, is great. where the live theremin performance will be. Really? So we're trying to – yeah, so we're trying to spookify – all of the capital's nook, various nooks and crannies, and that salon space is incredible. So it really looks—it it looks like The Shining. This, these amazing columns and mirrors, and it is just a naturally uncanny space. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we'll be pushing the capital, as I said, to its spooky limits, uh, doing funky things with those crystalline lights in the ceiling as well, so that they give the that's the most uncanny aura possible. Um, but yeah, so that the sculptures will be in that foyer space as you first uh, enter. So hopefully if people have been to the capital before, they'll get to kind of experience that in different ways too. Well, that's very exciting because I went to the opening of the capital and that salon that you're talking about also included what it was, it was because it was that cinema was uh, uh, from the 1930s. Mm. Um, there was a, a whiskey bar as in mm-hmm. a place where men could go and smoke cigars <laughs> and drink whiskey separate from all other people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily the, the bar at the salon and the bar in the foyer will also be fully activated for creepy cocktails and other, if you want, non-creepy beverages. I'm sure they will oblige as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to see the Capitol quite a few years ago before it had been the renovation had been finished and it was still in quite um, – a lot of disarray so that that was to kind of take photographs really high quality photographs of the various spaces so it uh, we are so lucky that it has been rejuvenated the way it has and is is accessible again um but yeah that that salon space a pretty rare opportunity i suppose to poke around up there uh, especially with um, a, a theremin a live theremin performance uh again spookifying the already spooky vibe of that shining-esque salon space. Tell us, um, the audience who are listening, how they can get tickets and stuff like that. 
Um, there are a few different ways, actually. So you, the the tickets are available on Acker's website. If you if you look up Screams on Screen, you'll find um, tickets via Acker's website. They're also available via RMIT and RMIT Culture um, on Humanitics. I think the easiest way to find them will be to Google Screams on Screen, Acker, RMIT, and a few different links uh, will come up. But, yes, as, as you were saying, your listeners um, – do have a chance to call in for a double pass, which actually will give you access to both the Friday and Saturday night of the Oh, program. really? Yes. Oh, yeah. that's right. Uh, I wasn't sure about that. That's very kind of you. And uh, the other, so the the phone number for that, of course, is because uh, I don't know if anybody's rung, but nine four one nine eight three seven seven. It sounds like a hoot of a, a, a weekend. I'll have to say. Yes, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> and there are other things as well. I mean, we're focusing on this particular weekend, but the cultural uh, group at RMIT have been very busy, haven't they? Yes, there is a lot going on. There's a uh, Taylor Swift event the weekend before Screams on Screen, I believe. Uh, we also have our Greatest Films You've Never Seen series kicking off again Uh in a couple of weeks in line with when, when the students are back on campus again. Uh, so look out for that. Screams uh, not scr- well, screams on screen as well. You can find that on the Capitol website or at the RMIT website or ACA's website. But greatest films you've never seen as well. What are um, they going to play this time? Oh, Do you know? Um, my amazing colleague Lexi Canis is uh, the driving force behind that program. I believe we are starting with uh, Do the Right Thing. Um, and I can't remember the other film that's playing alongside that. Anyway, it's Usually worth, they're double features, but yeah. always worth checking and out. And double features. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. On a big screen. On a huge screen, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very nice. Very, very um, captivating, I have to say. It, it's the reason for why the capital is such an asset, and it's so right in the middle of the city. You can just get there, go there, comfortable, really nice. Yes, mm. and and the fact that it's kind of hidden away off the street again is another little quirk of the capital that I like. But people often get lost. I've got to say, even though it's such a massive space, um, I'm surprised how many people I talk to who've never been there before, don't know it exists, or walk past it every day or every week and never realised it was mm. there. It's across the road from the town hall. You can't miss it, really. Mm. Not if you've got your eyes and ears <laughs> open. Um, thank you very much for coming in and having a chat to us about this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, I, one of the things that uh, I realised is that one of the cultural uh, events that they're going to have later on in the year is going to include Moju they're going to be part of an event that's looking at um, uh, creation of music and um, how they uh, use their music to uh, subvert uh, common beliefs and structures, mm. which is really interesting. And I mean, I was just looking for uh, – that's why I asked you about the uh, cultural program at RMIT. You should really look online and have a look because if you go down, you'll realise it's a, very, a big tease. There's lots of really mm. interesting things going on in that space. Anyway, coming up next is Published or Not – and uh, I have played uh, this before, but I never get to get, let you hear the whole lot of this song. And this time you'll hear it. It's uh, Catherine Tracott's The Sweet Life. And it's a real hoot. It's perfect to play at this end of this conversation. I want to love her, but I don't want the trouble. want a cigarette, but don't want the cancer. I want to be a good girl by being naughty. 
benefits of working hard by only being lazy. I want a party, but I don't want a tidy. I don't want to have a job, I just want the money. I want to be a pirate and go sail across the seas on ship of such proportions you would terrorize your dreams. Nobody knows how the world will turn, whether you're gonna fall in love or gonna be burned. No one can help you but a good piece of advice says Do what you want Don't smoke too much I want a convertible but I'm afraid of driving I want some blue switches but I can't seem to find them Wanna eat meat I know worry about the killing And have the welcome break my heart Sticking to a precise plan I wanna win But I don't ever wanna fight I want A sweet life No one can say Which way the world is gonna spin Whatever it ain't really Moving in a crowd When everything with you No one can help you But a good piece of advice Is do makes you happy Do makes you happy You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.